You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more. We don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good day. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack-a-lackin', baby? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the James Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm the show's host, J. Rao. We should be up and running pretty soon. We apologize for the inconvenience. So sit back and relax and enjoy some smooth jazz until then. You're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rao Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. We should be broadcasting very soon. Keep it locked right here. Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. 
It's uh, three minutes after the top of the hour. It's January 26th. We're glad you're in the house. And, of course, I'm Jay. Thank you so much for being here. Let me start off by apologizing. Obviously, live radio, there's issues. For some odd reason, none of the audio is loaded for today's show. So we're going to wing it uh, until we can figure out what's going on. We'll get in contact with the technicians of this particular uh, form and see if they can get this thing fixed. But until then, we're going to get the show started. The number is 347-850-1272, Let me introduce uh, my panelists, the folks who I run with on a daily basis. We've been on this journey for a very long time. Let me bring them in. First up, let me bring in my sis. She is what I call a very avid uh, MSNBC and CNN watcher. She's the one and only Miss Vanessa Maybelli from the Mackinac. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning from Lemon, Costa Rica. How's everybody this morning? Oh my goodness! Look at you just rubbing that. What well, rub that in our face? Why don't you? <laughs> well, I'm glad you are in Costa Rica doing whatever you know rich people like you do in Costa Rica. No, no, I'm on a cruise ship. I'm on my way to well, Bobby and I are on our way to Costa Rica and um, on the Panama Canal. Oh wow. Well, that's good. We're happy. Hope you take plenty of pictures and let us know how that turns out. Oh, my goodness. All right. Look okay. at it, folks, on vacation. Still serving the public. It's a beautiful thing. Appreciate you being <laughs> in the house. The man who I call the educated brother, the one and only, my little brother, Mr. Johnny D, in the place to be. Good morning, man. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning. I am blessed and doing well and was feeling real special until I heard Miss Vanessa say that she was in Costa Rica. I tell you what, uh, I, I am certainly looking forward to embracing the retirement life. It, it, it appears that every month, every month, her, her and the mister <laughs> is, is out traveling about. So, Miss Vanessa, good morning. Les, good you. morning. Good morning. Jerome, good morning. And to my brother, Jay Ryle, good morning and, and be blessed. Absolutely appreciate you, man. It's always a wonderful morning when I spend time with the folks on this particular radio show. Now, let me also bring in the man who really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. What's going on, sir? How you doing this morning? Good morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning, uh, Hulk and Vanessa. Mwah. All the way from Costa Rica, baby. I, I, I swear I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to be like Vanessa when they grow up. What a beautiful thing. <laughs> Our colleague, Mr. Jerome Esprit, uh, who I call the smartest man in the world, who usually brings us on a need-to-know basis, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio, but until then, uh, we hold it down. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Once again, it's the phone-in number. All right, let me tell you what we have on the agenda. And we may have to change a little bit, folks, because a lot of the show was depending on audio clips, which unfortunately are not loading into the system. You know, once again, BTR strikes again. For those who are listening from other platforms, we do originate off Blog Talk Radio. And, you know, you get these issues with them. And so, you know, sometimes you just have to move through it. But the news is so important that we have to have a show. So we'll figure it out. If you've been a long-time listener of the show, this is not the first, <laughs> nor probably the last time something like this will happen. So don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. All right. 
We're going to talk about the impeachment trial this week. Uh, This week, House managers laid out a solid case for impeachment against Donald J. Trump, but will it yield the desired result? And a part of me saying that it will not. Uh, Second set, we're going to do YTP, your thoughts, please, which where we try to play as many stories or try to discuss as many stories in a very short period of time uh, within that 30-second, within that 30-minute window. Now, that we may have to delay if we can't get this fixed because that is really critical. The, the audio is really, really, really critical for that segment of the show. So we'll see how it plays out. And last but not, certainly but not least, the Dems' concerns. There are Democrats who are bracing for the possibility of a Sanders or Warren nominee. Some prominent Democrats are concerned, including President Barack Obama. So we'll try to get it all in this morning for you, Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Another thing we're going to address this morning when Jerome gets in. This past week, you know, usually our social media world is somewhat dormant during the week. You know, we'll get some comments about some things that uh, we talked about in previous shows. What's amazing is some of the emails I get from folks who have listened to a show from last year, and they're arguing. I'm like, God, that show was over. But, you know, that's the world in which we live. People can go back and listen at their leisure. And sometimes they're listening to the most current stuff. Sometimes they're listening to some of the stuff that we did months ago. However, this past week, there was an uptick in activity because of some comments that Jerome made about Dr. To Martin Luther King. So when he comes on the air, we want to definitely talk about that because, you know, obviously we serve at the pleasure of the listeners. And if the listeners are concerned about information that we're putting out there, I want to give Jerome the opportunity to address this. And so we'll definitely talk about it once he comes on the air. But once again, the number is 347 All right, the impeachment trial is in full effect. Uh, Adam Schiff, who is the lead House manager, who presented a passionate case as the Democrats laid out step-by-step how this president try to shake down Ukraine to get them to do an investigation on uh, on uh, former president, uh, uh, former vice president, I should say, Joe Biden. And so now it's the president's men's turn to get up and do what they needed to do. And they started off with a bang, only lasted about two hours. And as predicted, they didn't argue whether or not the president did or did, or did not commit the crime. They talked about process. They talked about something that Adam Schiff said during the House hearings. It's just a bunch of nonsense to try to it's, – it's smoke and mirrors. And believe it or not, what they did – some may not agree with it, but it was effective because all they have to do is raise reasonable doubt. So let me go to you, Mr. Elias, if you had an opportunity to watch any of this stuff. And what do you think about last week's proceedings as the impeachment trial for Donald Trump is underway? Well, you know something? I, I watched uh, when I got off work, I watched. Um, and I think the Dems laid out a, a, a man, they laid a case out unbelievable. But. You know, it doesn't make a, it to me. It doesn't make a difference what kind of case they laid out. Like uh, like like Trump said, he could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and would not lose a vote, and he's not going to. Look, there the agenda is set, and Mitch McConnell is setting the agenda where he wants to put all these federal judges in place. So he's not going to stop that process because this man is doing something wrong. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna stop any of this stuff because of of anything that any law that this man breaks. Because why? Because Trump is getting every 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 federal judge put in place that he wants to be put in place, and people are losing sight of that. They are worried about all the wrong stuff. But this that Mitch McConnell was setting the law the law up for the land for years to 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 
they, to, to help the Republican Party. Look, when it comes to gerrymandering the districts and all the rest of that stuff, he's going to be able to get away with a lot of stuff, and they're going to be in power for a long time. So that's the game plan of Mitch McConnell for those who don't know. So it's not going to matter. I like the way you laid that out because the bottom line is Mitch McConnell, in my opinion, is probably one is probably the most powerful man in uh, Washington. How he can go about and just pick and choose how he wants to follow the Constitution. And I know a lot of Republicans may cry about this whole thing every time Democrats always bring up Merrick Garland. But you know the bottom line is President Obama had over a year left in his term as president, and you know he comes back and says, "Oh well, you know he can't." You know it's just it's amazing to watch this man operate. It's amazing and watch them operate. What about you, Vanessa? Uh, you, you know, you've been on uh, Traveling the World, which is interesting. You know, it's interesting to get, you know, your perspective from abroad. So what do you think? I mean, first of all, give me your opinion on, you know, what you've seen this past week, and then have you engaged any of your fellow uh, uh, fellow retirees or vacationers about what's going on? And, uh, and let us know what's happening. Talk to us about it. Well, we just got on the ship yesterday afternoon, so I have uh, not had an opportunity uh, to engage in a lot of conversation because it's not a whole, well, I don't guess it matters what nationality people are when it comes to presidential elections, but it's not a lot of African-American people that are retired that get out and, and uh, are doing a nine-day trip like this. So it's not a bunch of us on the ship, but I'm going to hit them up as soon as I get an opportunity, believe me, to start a conversation. Um, But as far as the week goes, I have been talking to people because, you know, I have uh, different kinds of friends, like bingo friends, church friends. My daughter said I have apples and oranges at my house. But I have talked to them, and they are saying that they believe that Trump will not get reelected, but that he is going to get away with this impeachment. I absolutely believe it to be true, even though they laid out evidence like I could not believe mm-hmm. this audio coming out at the last minute, talking about um, him wanting to fire that lady. They ha- and if you notice that the Republicans have not rebu- have not debated anything that the Democrats have said, other than the fact that the Democrats made a mistake of talking about Joe Biden. Now that was a mistake, taking 30 minutes to talk about Biden and his son, because if that's irrelevant information, then it should not have taken 30 minutes to discuss it. So they were talking about that, uh, and I agree with that. But now I'm worried, and I'm going to let Jay get into that segment, but now I'm really worried about them playing the game that my doctor says she plays, which is she says that she makes people think that she's going to vote one way, but she votes another way. And my doctor told me about it is. And so I think that everybody's blowing smoke up Bernie Sanders behind, and I don't think it's going to go that way. Hmm. I think it's a chance to make everybody go that way, but then they're going to vote for Trump. So I don't know. I do think that Mitch, what's that man's name, uh, Adam Schiff? Schiff, yeah. He did a moving, he did a moving, moving closing that just made you mm-hmm. sure listen to every word he said. And I don't know the black lady's name they had on that beautiful purple, but she was up there talking, and she she made you just not want to walk away from the room and listen to what she had to say. And I think I'm going to get off, and I know the Democrats listen to this on videos and stuff. I thought that was awesome. 
everybody did their homework and laid it out. And that's what I got to say about that. Good job, Democrats. People need to do what they need to do. And I saw Tom, I saw Ted Cruz's office, Jay, and I let him have it. So anyway, I let his office have it. You did it. what? You, you called who? You called Ted, who? I called Ted Senator, I called Senator Ted Cruz, Republican for Texas. I called his office and said that uh-huh. he needed to be a step up and, and tell them that we wanted proof and we wanted witnesses. And my girlfriend called all of all her Delta friends and had them call her too. Hmm. Yeah, yep. well, you know, obviously, we, you know, we, we we put it out there. I know a lot of people also said they talked about how they uh, how they uh, also uh, reached out to uh, the senator from South Carolina based on you know some comments that we had uh, talked about here on this show. Johnny D, let me get your let me get your thought on uh, the week's proceedings, and uh, so give me your thoughts on that, sir. You know, very interesting. Uh, I had an opportunity. Uh, uh, one, I was feeling a little bit better, so therefore I was able to to, to engage in the process. Uh, really thought that everything that has transpired in regards to the incriminating information on criminal Trump was laid out perfectly. Uh, you know, one might say it, it was long. Somebody, you know, may, may argue the fact of, of bringing up. You know Joe Biden and some other things, but the reality of it is most of those are Republicans. Uh, they was pretty uh, demonstrative about some of the things that Alan Schiff said, but just simply just trying to shift the narrative. Uh, but what I found to be quite interesting on yesterday was how the Republicans uh, are trying to roll out. Particularly, you know, uh, it, it, it looks like Scipione is going to 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 be the, the lead counsel until. He get uh, Ken Starr and Dershowitz, which I think those guys are projected to potentially um, throw Joe Biden's name and his son's name across the mud just to try to to highlight uh, something that's really not there, but just to have something to talk about. But it amazes me how, you know, we're three years into this criminal's uh, uh, tyranny, and they're still talking about we're trying to take, you know, the Democrats are trying to take the 2016 election from the American people. See, that's just a simple phrase of just trying to rev up his base. That's over with and done. You know, we, we focus on his criminal activities moving forward and what he was projected to do in 2020. You know, the, the correlation between Ukraine uh, in 2016 is immaterial. That's just smoke and mirrors. The, the CIA, all the intelligence groups have already indicated that there was Russian meddling. So now he's trying to, to take it back to 2016 as, as if we, we can replace this, this criminal, which, again, that can't happen. But what can happen is that the movement can be so so substantial that 2020, he won't stand a chance. So the, the two main arguments that, 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 that they put forth, which, again, was just trying to um, – Remove this guy from office and take take the the 2016 election, and then you know it amazes me how you know the 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 phone call with um, Lev Parnas came up. Now a week ago he says he doesn't know this man, but yet you right. hold a, a, a an important significant call with him. You know, basically talking about, um, you know, re- removing the ambassador and, and was really, you know, demeaning and demonstrative of it. So, I, you know, 
the, the Republicans should be ashamed of themselves. This guy is such a liar that you really and truly can't believe anything that he says. So, in, in essence, um, you know, you talk about burden sharing. That was another thing that 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 Scipione uh, brought up. And, and really, what you're talking about is again weakening the national defense. This guy, look how openly and demeaning he went towards um, Angel Markle. It's it's amazing how he just continuously distanced the United States' interests from our European allies and allies across the world. You know, to talk about Germany the way that he did, you know, it, it, it's just it, insulting to be quite honest with you. But it amazes me how all the all the Republicans are locking on. You know, when um, Lamar, what's, what's the guy's name? Uh, the guy out of Tennessee. Um, Alexander, the Senate out of Tennessee. Yeah, you know, Alexander, Alexander. he was one of the in, yeah Lamar Alexander. He was one of the individuals that they said may cross the line, and and but yet you still haven't heard about Tim Scott. Now I'm 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 like some of the some of the callers and listeners. Um, not only did I send emails, but I also tried to make some phone calls, and I don't know if he was swamped or flooded by by by, by the listeners of the. Of, of the serious side, but but clearly I was never able to, to, to get a person on the phone. So you know, keep doing what we do. But like I said, thought it was interesting, but clearly there was no there was no surprise in what they're going to try to do. Tomorrow will be quite interesting to see. You know, the, these uh, you know Ken Starr as as well as. Um, uh, uh, Dirtwitz uh, get up there and, and do what they what they plan to do, but I thought that the Democrats uh, laid out uh, a significant case, and I hope that the American public and the American people can get some of these senators to at least hear some of the evidence and have people uh, testify. Although that's that's probably not likely to happen. Yeah, well, you know, I thought that yesterday that the uh, president's men, his, his his attorneys, really solidified the reason why we would need to have witnesses and things of that nature. It's interesting some of the things that they said uh, during their two-hour presentation. I think you heard his voice, but let me go ahead and bring him in officially. The man who I consider the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, is in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing? Hey, good morning. How you doing? Doing outstanding. All right, uh, listen, uh, first of all, uh, Give me your thoughts on what you saw this past week, and uh, what, what do you think, man? You think that the Democrats changed any minds, or do you think that we're just wasting a lot of taxpayers' time, money, and energy and effort because at the end of the day, they're going to—they're going to, uh, you know—they're they're not going to indict this guy. They're going to acquit him because that's—they've already pretty much laid it out. What say you, Jerome? Yeah, I, ne- I never um, buy into—you know—it's always a. What's the word I'm looking for? That you, it's, it's always a joke to me when when I hear this. Not at UJ, by the way. When I hear on TV people say stuff like they're wasting taxpayers' money for anything, when we waste money on frivolous yeah. stuff. <laughs> Again, but <laughs> fifteen million dollars in golfing, like something crazy, mm-hmm. right? And we get um, no. I'm sorry, it was more than that. It was like a hundred and something, right? But yeah. the, the yeah, so the, so the problem is is that the Constitution requires something. So once you impeach somebody, you have you don't have to 
once they send the impeachment articles over, it's a process that you have to do. It's like working at your company and then saying that, you know, we all complain that we have too many meetings. But the trick is, is that if you have a new client coming in, you have to meet and do whatever. Well, they have to do a trial because he was impeached. So wasting time or money or resources is just a joke for the people who don't want to be tried. So you have to look at this like if you, like a like a normal um, a normal person that if you get indicted and somebody brings charges against you, you're probably going to go to trial. They don't just say, okay, well, we're just going to drop it right now. Once they send it over, they just send it over. So I think Democrats uh, obviously did a really good job um, making a case because you can not pay attention to the stuff, and you know that that dude's guilty. Like, like even the stuff that they didn't even introduce and still coming out in the news still points to his guilt. So we as a society won't um, want to give people the benefit of the doubt and not believe our own eyes if they have money or influence. So the reason that the, the White House lawyers are up there saying, you know, he was duly elected and, you know, all these people are disappointed, they're trying to change the focus to, so that you focus on the people who actually voted opposed to the dude who robbed the bank. Right? It's like, yeah, hard work, hardworking people did put their money in the bank, but they got insurance. So you can't, you can't arrest the president for robbing the bank because he's in office. Let him go through a next election. It's like, are you crazy? You can't just let people just do stuff and break the law. So I think that the Democrats did a really good job of laying out their case, and I think the Republicans are a joke. They're talking about everything else in their, like, anything else just like talking about biden or biden's son which they have nothing like no indications of any illegal or corrupt activity and we're talking about it making it real because somebody if somebody tells a lie long enough half the people are just going to believe that there must be something there because that's what they're talking about so it only benefits people like um um in the democratic party who, um, who, who won't stand a chance up against Biden, right? So here's the, here's the pecking order of that. When the Trump people keep doing that, they're doing it on purpose to put it in, put it in the atmosphere, let everybody in the world believe something that they know is not true, right? Remember how this worked with the birth certificate. Went dang near eight years. I'm talking about this man's birth certificate. He showed it to you. Oh, really? He's still like, it's probably forged. Right? So they're, they're doing something strategic, and we just can't let them do that. We just can't be that stupid. We, we know they can be that stupid, but that's their problem. Yeah, it's it's amazing uh, when you go back and watch, uh, you know, how, in my opinion, the Democrats laid out a plan, uh, case by case, point by point, uh, evidence that, in my opinion, against any other person, if these people, if you presented this to a jury of folks uh, and it took the names out of the equation, there's no way that these people wouldn't find, you know, what they heard or find this person 
guilty, but obviously this is politics, and it's unfortunate. It really and truly is unfortunate. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. This okay, so coming up tomorrow, Alan Dershowitz will present the case as far as if the crimes that the president committed, you know, are they at the level of high crimes and treason? So he's going to argue that point. And so now there are a lot of books that are coming out. Uh, that Dershowitz has put out, pulled out in the past, and statements that you know I hope Democrats queue up and use against this man because he's come back. He's double talking, just like most of Trump's surrogates. They say one thing when the guy wasn't president, but now that he's president, and I don't know if they have naked pictures of these folks. I don't know what's going on here, but at the end of the day, the bottom line is is that these guys have did a 180 shift, and I think we all know why. It's because. They're concerned about re-election. All right, if you're just joining us, um, once again, live radio had some issues, having issues. None of the audio is loaded up into the – none of it is loaded up into the to the switchboard, unfortunately. And if you're listening from another uh, forum, we originate off of blog talk radio, and every now and then we have these issues. So we're going to make some changes to today's show because a lot of today's show was based on the audio content that we do not have access to. I've been trying to work through this uh, – uh, during this first segment, but unfortunately, it looks like this is not going to happen. So we're going to push back your thoughts, please, to next week. Hopefully, we can get this stuff fixed. Uh, but we're going to spend the next set, and I want to preempt it by, by saying this, um, and I mentioned this at the top, and Jerome, you weren't here, so I'm going to go ahead and mention it again. Uh, you know, usually during the week, uh, our uh, our Twitter universe, our social media universe is somewhat dormant. You hear from a person every now and then responding to something that we said in, in you know, the previous week's show or even if, you know, something that we may have said a show a month ago and they're just tuning in, they want to comment on it. And I'm like, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. But this past week, the chatter has been intensified, and the chatter has been intensified by some remarks that uh, Jerome made about Dr. King's death. And so what I want to do is I want to go to break. I'm going to use last week's breaks, unfortunately, because we need to step out. But on the other side of this break, I want to talk about this a little bit, and I want to give Jerome an opportunity to respond because, you know, we serve at the pleasure of the listeners. And, you know, a lot of listeners were kind of taken back. So I'm going to try to pull up some of this stuff because I didn't anticipate us having this huge of time that we needed to plug, plug in. So during the break, I'm going to try to pull up some of the comments. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to step out take a real quick break. Uh, we'll be back on the other side. We'll address this because it was really a major concern by a lot of our listeners. You listen to the serious side of the J. Rao Show. We'll be right back after this. Here's this week's edition of Informative Celeste, so something that you need to know. We'll be right back. You're listening to us, to us on the TJR's radio network, online radio at its best. We're going to stay on the topic of impeachment. The saga has revealed a new character this week, Robert Hyde. He is a little-known landscaper and congressional candidate in a small Connecticut town. He somehow turned up among a cast of characters involved with the Trump administration's campaign to pressure Ukraine for an investigation of the Bidens. Now, authorities in the U.S. and in Ukraine have launched investigations into him. NPR's Bobby Allen has been reporting from Simsbury, Connecticut, and brings us this report. Earlier this week, not many people here in this community west of Hartford had ever heard of Rob Hyde, a 40-year-old former Marine who used to run a landscaping business. He's a fierce defender of President Trump, sometimes emphasizing his support with expletives or outlandish claims. He started attending Republican fundraisers in Washington and Florida and then launched his own bid for a U.S. House seat. 
Brad Karski, who runs an Italian restaurant here, says Hyde used to be a barside regular. He was a bigger-than-life kind of guy, pretty boisterous, uh, outgoing kind of gentleman. Karski says Hyde was often talking about his time in the Marines as a security detail in Iraq. He liked to be seen, and um, he would sit at the bar, and uh, was very vocal. When he was in the restaurant, everybody knew it. Now, the State Department, FBI, and Ukraine's Interior Ministry also know about him. That's because a new data dump from House Democrats contained text messages between Hyde and indicted Giuliani associate Lev Parnas. In the texts, Hyde purports to be spying on then-U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich. Ellen Rattel is a local educator who's been perplexed watching the latest chapter of the impeachment story reach this quiet New England community. Hyde, she says, won't be getting her vote for Congress. He seems unstable and unreliable and similar to a lot of the characters who are involved in this Ukrainian scandal on the peripheral edges that are doing some really odd things. Records show he's racked up serious debt at the Trump National Doral Resort in Florida. He posted selfies on his social media with Trump and other Republican officials. The local press has been chronicling a long history of financial and legal struggles. He's been in contact with NPR for days, but refused to sit down for an interview. He did, however, talk to the Hartford Current, which posted interview snippets on Twitter. All those surveillance texts he says it was a big joke. So when they're sending me these texts, and I'm like, whatever, dude, yeah, under surveillance, just joking. New documents show Hyde was in contact with an unidentified Belgium number and appeared to be passing along intel about the ambassador's whereabouts. But Hyde says he never meant for his messages to be taken seriously. Who would be surveilling a, a U.S. ambassador? Like, who could do that? Like, can't do that. I'm a Cesare landscaper that got into the politic games in D.C., on a national level, the swamp. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo doesn't consider the texts a laughing matter. Pompeo told Sinclair Broadcast Group that he's dubious about the surveillance claims, but U.S. officials are still looking into it. We will do everything we need to do to evaluate whether there was something that took place there. Uh, I, I, I suspect that much of what's been reported will ultimately prove wrong. The state's GOP has asked Hyde to drop his congressional bid. But Hyde says he loves what Trump stands for and is keeping his candidacy alive. Bobby Allen, NPR News, Simsbury, Connecticut. Today, about one in five Americans is living with a disability. Over 50 million people, including many of our friends and neighbors, teachers and co-workers, heroes and leaders. 20 years ago, the Americans with Disabilities Act guaranteed every person the right to live, work, and participate fully in the American experience. We've come a long way since then, and we are committed to making even more progress in the years ahead. Visit disability.gov to see how you can help. A new poll shows former Vice President Joe Biden with a double-digit lead over his next closest competitors, Senators Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. The national poll, which comes from the morning consult, shows Biden as the first choice of 33 percent of respondents, followed by Sanders at 20 and Warren at 15. 
Welcome back in 347-850-1272. You're now listening to a pre-recording from last week's show. So it was actually a break from last week's show because of some of the technical difficulties that we're having. And I announced at the top of the show that uh, we had issues loading in audio, so unfortunately we're going to have to wing it. So if you're tuning in for YTP, it's going to push back to next week. Had a good one in store. Hopefully we can still talk about the comments, some of the topics that we're going to address this morning uh, during that portion of the show. However, I did mention towards the end of the break uh, that I would spend some time during this segment to address some comments that were made last week by our very own Jerome Spree. Uh, you know, I always talk about how, you know, sometimes people listen to the show at their leisure. You know, they listen, you know, you have very few people listen to the show live, live. Most of the people listen to this show in archives. As a matter of fact, I would probably venture to say 85% of our audience listens to this show at their leisure, and they do listen to the show. And here's the thing. I always get comments about things folks have said, you know, things that we discuss during previous shows. Sometimes you get these odd remarks of people responding to something that we covered two months ago. But that's just the way it works, and this, you, know, you can carry your entertainment in your pocket, listen at your leisure. But, you know, it had a lot of activity this past week based on some comments that Jerome mentioned, that Jerome said during last week's show. Now, what I want to do is what I, I want to read a couple of the comments. Then I want to give the floor to Jerome because I think it's only fair. But like I always say, we serve at the, you know, pleasure of the listeners. You know, without the listeners, there would really be no need for us to come in here and do this. Uh, so let, let me read a few comments. Um I'm not going to give out any names. I'm just going to read the comments. I was able to pull some of these things down. One person writes, so I'm a huge fan of the show, but Jerome's comments about MLK's death must be retracted. There are no facts that support his claims. Jay, if you do not address this issue, the show's credibility will be in question. Got another comment from a person said, only been listening for a few months as a disgruntled Republican. I have no real dog in this fight. But the commentator's comments on King's death is false and should be addressed immediately. Uh, one more. Uh, no, actually, I'll read two more. Uh, one said, uh, come on, bros, never thought that I would see the day when the serious side would engage in such falsehoods. Another one said, did I hear Jerome say that King's death, that King was, Dr. King was suffocated? WTF, where is he getting this information from? So, Jerome, I want you to, to address this because it's really, I mean, it really percolated up. And I didn't know what the heck was going on. My phone's buzzing. I'm like, what the heck? And I'm looking at all this stuff. So so why don't you tell us, you know, you mentioned this. First of all, go ahead and tell us exactly what you, what you reported last week. And then uh, let's kind of go from there. We'll play it by ear. Okay. Well, um, well first I want to say, that um, obviously this show is not pre-rehearsed because I, nobody actually told me that this was a question before we started today. So I'm gonna I'm firing my computer back up right now because uh, I don't have that data in front of me. So I'll yeah. I'll say that first. Um, secondly, I'll say that um, the story came from I think I got that story in particular from the Grio, um, and it was. Reported from Dr. King's uh, Dr. King's attorney said that. So I, I repeated what Dr. King's attorney said, just like you know the story that was reported by um, uh, gosh News One, which is a part of Radio One, reported on the lawsuit that Coretta Scott King. I think it was ninety. 
my computer's not up now right right now, but I think that was in ninety nine, if I can get that date right or the the year right. But what it was, the U.S. government was found guilty of conspiracy to kill Dr. King, and they didn't want any money. They actually asked for a dollar because the King family kind of felt like they would hold back documents if they flat out went and sued them for $50 billion or something. So they said, we don't want any money. We want information. And they did provide the information, and it found out that the government was responsible. Like, they were, it was a conspiracy to kill Dr. King, and the government was held responsible in that lawsuit. Um, If you want to find any more of that, I think, um, I know that television attorney Joe Brown was the um, presiding attorney, the guy who had the TV show. So you can probably YouTube that, and he'll tell you a really nice story about that particular lawsuit, um, that lawsuit in particular. Okay, because I, I know that, you know, because, you know, like I said, my thing is, and, you know, and just to be honest, full disclosure with this show, and I think that was one of the reasons why, I think that's one of the reasons why this show is so uh, popular with a lot of folks is that a lot of the things, and folks, let me just say this, we don't rehearse anything. You know, I, I mean, the, the concept of the serious side was, Folks getting together over brunch to talk about things that were on their mind. So just like any set of friends, if you decide to meet one Sunday just to talk and meet and compensate amongst yourselves, you know, you're not going to send your, your colleagues, hey, here's some talking points before we get to the restaurant. So the concept of the show has always been that way. So a lot of times when you hear, most of the time our folks, they don't even know what we're going to talk about. But, we, you know, we try to pick topics uh, that are that are newsworthy topics, things that if you're just paying attention, uh, you will be able to, to add comment on. Once again, the concept of sitting down, meeting on a Sunday morning for breakfast and talking. That was one of the things that was so funny about Princess Odilia back in the day is that we'd bring up simple stuff and she had no clue what we were talking about, which made her the butt of a lot of jokes. But, you know, I've digressed. But at the end of the day, you know, that's what this show's all about. We get get together and talk and talk and talk and talk about these things. Like I said, and for the unusual amount of activity that came up, I'm like, whoa. So, folks, apparently, you know, so this is some information that uh, Jerome, and it was part of, I guess it was a part of the news part of the show. Uh, doing, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So I, so you I were probably reading, reading comments. I was yeah. reading it okay. someplace. But let me, let me say this okay. part, too, because this is the part of the show I don't like, right? And so what what happens is that, yes, uh, and I don't personally like to give commentary. Jay, you know, I've had conversations yeah. on their channels and other places, and Jay knows that, mm-hmm. that I yeah. very rarely say what my opinion is on anything. So most of the time it's from something that I can document because being black in this piece right. and from me doing this for so long, everybody always asks me, where did you get that from? And it's always kind of distur- not disturbing. I don't like it. But I do know where I get information from. So I am saying that to say that every time we have information, no matter what it is, whether I'm talking about Fred Hampton, Momia Abu-Jamal, um, um, Asada Shakur, all of that stuff, it is odd to me that if it's not reported on major mainstream media, or Byron Allen, right, his lawsuit, if it's not reported on mainstream media, People lose their damn mind, right? And I'm not, and I'm not. I know Jay just gave a really long um, um, 
well, and it was long for me, but it was a really long yep. explanation about how we are loving the listeners. The show is about the listeners. Here's the thing the show is about for me. It is about the dialogue for me and putting out good information. I don't mind anybody quizzing me or asking me any kind of questions. It's not about that. I don't have ego issues. But what I do, um, what, what I do not really like is the fact that you guys are not doing your research before you call in and try to check on check somebody else. So I wish my I had my computer and that data up in front of me when I responded to this question, and I could I could tell you exactly where it is. But damn, do your damn homework before you call back in here or or send messages. I understand outrage, and I understand credibility, right? And so I'm not on the show with somebody with with a with an alias or fake name or anything. So I kind of walk with right. my words. A lot, and mm-hmm. so there are times. Yes, we do give an opinion, and I would have, I would apologize for something that I got wrong if it was my thoughts. But I am, I am reporting something that, and I can tell you where the source came from. So if you disagree with the source, or you disagree with the other stuff, um, I'm not. This, these are not like hood tales that I'm telling. This like, mm-hmm. did you know there was a third gunman in the bushes kind of stuff? I'm not doing that. So just so. Mm-hmm. Since it was directed directly at me, I'm not saying you cannot have any comments to direct towards me, but I, you know, the whole kind of, um, the whole kind of thought that we don't like worry about credibility just seems kind of wrong to me. And I, and I, res- I yep. respect, you know, you know, the folks who are calling in and listening. I, I respect anybody who listens to in one word that I say, but. I need to be really clear about that, that if I say something on there, you can ask me to cite a source if you like, but also do your job, too, and stop following around and say stuff like, you know, I never heard that before, or there's no evidence of this, when you don't know where the sources, where the sources are. So, I, so one of the sources was, uh, it was the Griot, it was the Griot or the Root, but I think it was the Griot, and the other source that is, it stays out there year-round is um, News One reported on that. And like I said, Joe Brown tells a really interesting story about that because he was the presiding judge when it came to that. Judge so Joe Brown, knows. the one that had the, the TV show, Judge, you talking about him? Yeah, Judge Joe Brown. Judge yeah. Joe Brown. Okay. He was, he was the presiding judge in that U.S., um, that King versus the United States case. I can't think of what it was called I specifically. Well, I didn't know that. And you look, and let me say this, and and I will, you know, I'm looking out, and look, I'm going to vouch for for Jerome because he 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 he's really right, Jerome. You know, he really doesn't give his opinion on certain certain things, especially when we're reporting the news. Now, when we ask him questions, he answers questions. But you know, I've we've been dealing with Jerome. All right, man, hell, you've been on this show for freaking what four or five years. So I mean, this you know, this is commonplace. This is what you do. So, but I wanted to bring it up because obviously it was something that was uh, trending in our universe. And uh, the last time I think uh, we had this much activity, I forget what the situation was, and I'm like, oh my goodness. And we had to actually go on the air, Mr. Elias, and do a uh, an afterthought show behind it because it was so much activity behind it. But but I wanted to address because I do think it's important well, that if people. Was I don't know. You know, you you, <laughs> you stirred up some folks too. Now, <laughs> well, I mean, we've had some. Of us, oh, you are damn right. You are right about that. You said something one show, and man, people lost their freaking mind. And, and it was interesting because some of the comments during chatterbox. 
I can't, oh, yeah, I can't I remember what it was. But you, but you had gone to church, and you know, and I was reading these comments and chat about. I'm like, man, she's not even here to hear this stuff. And then what? You know, a couple of times you were here, so yeah, you you have uh, you have definitely been been uh, a person that has sparked okay. some activity as well. But that's okay. But listen, like I well, said before, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, Jamal, go back and check it. Well, that, that's fine. I mean, you need to go do your research. Do your research, and if you come back with some information, so be it. But, you know, two things I'll say, and then we'll move on. Number one, bottom line is, like I said before, this concept of the show was for friends to get together and talk. And I think what happened is the show kind of evolved into something like the black uh, meet the press and things of that nature. You know, full disclosure, Jerome's the only one from the political world that has actually worked in that environment as far as I know. Uh, I've never ran a, uh, the only thing I do politically is watch TV and vote. So, you know, the bottom line is I've never ran a campaign. I've never been involved with, uh, I've, you know, I've, I've, I'm a member of the, you know, the Democrats here in, in uh, uh, Texas. And, you know, every now and then I'll go out and knock on doors, but, but that's about it. You know, uh, second thing I'll say is, you know, the bottom line is also is that, you know, if people can spend time, and I've always said this, and I can speak for myself, I can't speak for other folks, I always appreciate the fact that there are people who actually listen to this show from beginning to end. I actually appreciate the fact that there are people who are referring this show to other folks. I really, truly appreciate that. And I know over the years we have converted some like my man said, disgruntled Republicans, because we try to stay as close to, we try to stay as, we try to, we are, we are truthful. Now we may put out some things every now and then that say, oh, wait a minute, we need to go back and check it. But our, our intent is not to spread nonsense like you see on Fox News, like you see with some of the folks who are, we've just been talking about during this last segment. We try not to throw no diversionary things out there. We don't try to do the smoke and mirrors. You know, we just don't do that. We just speak from our heart. We, you know, we speak what we feel, and, you know, hey, either you like it or you don't. That's just the way it is. I've always said, hey, change the channel if you don't like what's going on here. So let me swing it around here real quick and give everybody an opportunity to comment. We heard from Vanessa. What about you, Johnny? What do you have to say, man? Jay, what I will say is I, I I certainly will agree with Jerome in regard to the government involvement. Um, even all right, yes, sir. All right. Yeah, I mean the the government has either set the tone or created the the the, the environment or actually carried out the the, the assassination of several of, of our African-American leaders. So from that standpoint, uh, his words are authentic. Uh, now where the, the, the cover-ups seem to come in is the original uh, position, because I remember years ago uh, reading the autopsy and, and, and doing some, some research. Uh, there was a, a Dr. Francisco who not necessarily tried to alter the autopsy, but according to him, he tried to make sure that uh, Dr. King was not defaced. So he, he, he altered uh, the report to indicate the angle of the, the, the single gunshot wound that ultimately killed Dr. King. And, of course, they brought some people in from, from New York. I think it was a, a Dr. Bateson uh, who came in from New York and, of course, uh, 
corrected and so in essence that's where some of the hysteria came in at but uh it, the, the the autopsy report in all indications was from a single gunshot wound but certainly when you throw the name out of james earl ray uh james earl ray was was either a a a, a conduit or a, a a simple fall person for the government and that's that's no doubt we all know how j edgar hoover did detested and despised uh, Martin Luther King and as he did several other of, of our African American black leaders at that time. Absolutely. Go back and find some of the reports where Edgar, you know, J. Edgar Hooper had FBI agents. Actually, matter of fact, they was murdered. There were FBI agents that were on the scene uh, that were, according to a lot of the stories, uh, was actually surveilling Dr. King. Uh, I remember the story of Mary Mary Ellen Norwood. She was one of the young ladies. If you look at that famous picture where you see. Uh, I think it's Jesse Jackson, Andrew Johnson. I think it's Abernathy. I can't remember who, who the three were. Jesse Jackson, not Jesse Johnson. They were pointing in that direction. That famous photo is King lie on the uh, on the floor of the balcony. You see these people in the background on the ground. Uh, one of the young ladies was a lady, a lady by the name of Mary Ellen Norway. She told, told told her story for the first time a few years back of what she saw that day. Uh, what about you, Mr. Elias? Any comments on this, man? Before we move on. Well, you know something, man? Not actually. <laughs> what, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I've heard the same story. I, I, I've heard the same story a long time ago that, you know, the government was responsible for King's death. I, I, I've heard that a long I've heard that a lot. And it just didn't shock me when I heard it. Yeah, you so. can't put any, Yeah, I, I guess you can't. You know, when you go back and look at some of this stuff, you know, and listen to some of the audio and things of that nature, you know, it's not far-fetched to think that they couldn't do it. And especially now with what's going on with Trump and his minions, uh, you know, the bottom line is that our government is, is capable of being just as corrupt and just as foul as any other government. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and live in this bubble anymore thinking that, oh, my goodness, you know, our government would never do this. Yeah, right. I don't believe that. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is when it comes to some of this stuff. Three four seven eight five oh one two seven two is the calling number. Three four seven eight five oh one two seven two is our calling number. All right, listen, coming up next. Really quickly. Uh we're gonna talk about the uh oh, did I hear somebody? Vanessa, go yeah. you know, you, you you responded to something, Vanessa. Let me get, get let Vanessa just give a full throated statement. I know she kinda jumped in and said something, but Vanessa, go ahead, give me your thoughts, then I'm gonna let Jerome, you know, close it out. Go ahead, Jerome. Mia, go ahead, Vanessa. Uh, to me, Jerome knows what he's okay. To me, I always mm. get in trouble on this show because of what Vanessa thinks. You don't get in trouble. So stop it. <laughs> well, I mean, get in trouble with the listeners. I mean, get in trouble with the listeners. And well, it they is, don't like it me is sometimes based either. on what Vanessa and, and Vanessa. Stop. Vanessa says what Vanessa thinks and feels. A lot of stuff that I do say, I have checked it. I'm the only one on the panel that is retired that can go in and do snoops and fact check and listen and go from station to station and go out the country emailing facts and texting to check some of this information before I open my mouth. But if I am not That's for damn sure. sure about what I'm saying, <laughs> I will, if I'm, stop. If I'm not sure, I am the first one to say, I, this is Vanessa's opinion. I always say, this is Vanessa's opinion. 
But I kind of like it. If you don't like my opinion, and then it's just too bad if you don't like my opinion. But I, I, I truly believe that things, I would say 95% of the things that, that Jerome says, Jerome knows what he's talking about. He is one of the most intellectual people that I have encountered when it comes to knowing the background on elections or knowing the background on government things that happen or occur. So I, let me say to the listeners, if you really want to fact check, Jerome, before you email Jay, fact check it and puke it yourself before you call. Shoot a message or text Jay. Because Jerome pretty much knows what he's talking about. I'm not saying I don't know what I'm talking about on the rest of the panel, but you might want to question us, but uh, he, I wouldn't really question him. <laughs> well, I'm going to say no, thanks for that. I'm, I wasn't really, you know, I'm not asking anybody to defend what my thoughts are because I, like I said, you know, if I, if I said something, I, I would have, but, but here's the thing with, with me, and I can tell you this personally, the thing with me is that under no circumstances, and I know Jay always you know, says that I would say something militant one way or another and blah, blah, blah. The one thing I will not do is I will not deface black people's legacy work squad. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. do that, right? And so I, I always feel a little offended by that because I think that sometimes we just need to know what the truth is. So I won't go back and say stuff like, you know, I'm not, not going to do that. I actually can tell you some conspiracy theories about it if you like, but the, the problem with that is that I, I have a, I feel like when we are doing the show on Sunday, that people get bombarded with nonsense all week through mainstream media, not mainstream media, but just media in general, that's sifted to look at it from a certain perspective, right? And so I have learned over the years that we do need black people to have a perspective on something. So if you want to ask me a question, or and I don't mind mind you asking me where did I get it from. I would prefer that as a question than to be irate about something that I said that you don't know the answer to. Like if you said, "Can there you you, you know that was disturbing?" But I can you cite a source for that? I would because I, if you listen to the show long enough, we we have these discussions every now and then that. Mm-hmm. They'll ask something, uh, you know, somebody got shot or there was a police, and I'll go, I have no opinion because <laughs> I, I won't. That's true. Right? I, I, yep. I, I don't believe that we should always, like, just wear our emotion in things that we need you to make a decision on, you know, with your belief system, you know. So I, I'm saying that to say that I'm, I'm not covering for anything. I'm not mad at the questions. I'm not mad at any of that stuff. I am just saying that sometimes – we as consumers will point the finger and not like somebody over something they said because it's something that we just didn't like that they said. And that is, and, you know, and I hate being ambushed. I don't care in real life or not, but I can actually defend myself either way in responding to anything that I say because it's probably coming from someplace. I didn't meditate and make that stuff up. I can, it came from someplace. So I just want, I just want to say that. Has anyone on the panel been to the Lorraine Hotel? Jay? Les, has no, you know, I was thinking about that. I, I, I want to go. Have a you been? Of mine I have been. Have you? I have. Yeah. I have been there. And yeah, it, been they there. have his spot marked. Yeah, uh, yeah I've been there. It's unbelievable. Where he was shot. 
Yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable. Eating and drinking the ashtray, the cigarette butt, everything is just the way it was. It was like time stood, time stood still. Yep. Yeah. I think I'm going to make it a point so for my, uh, take, take my daughter. Mm. It's worth And across the street is all his memorabilia. It is so mm-hmm. worth seeing. And it has to have been a sharpshooter or somebody because he was standing up high on the top floor of the yeah. Lorraine when it happened. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people can think what they want to think. Look at what Trump is over there doing. He over there telling people what to do with that lady. So, don't tell me what the government won't do. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And, and, you know, and one of the things, one of the things I think I'm going to probably do because I know I'll, I ask my kids every now and then questions about Black history, and they're not being taught that stuff in school, especially here in Texas. So I think I might have to make it a point to take field trips, and I think maybe that'll be a trip I'll take with me and my youngest daughter to go to there and uh, check it out, and let her kind of experience some of this stuff as well. All right, folks, this is the top of the hour. Uh, we're going to stop by, take a real quick break, uh, and we'll be back next segment. We'll talk about the Dems' concerns about a Warren or a Sanders nominee for president, Democratic, for the Democratic nomination for president of the United States. There's some, some very, very, very high uppity. And when I say big-time Democrats who are concerned, and reports are one of those Democrats is the most popular figure in the Democratic Party, you figure it out. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back in 347-850-1272. You're just joining us. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we are having some technical difficulties, so what you usually hear doing this part of the show, you're not going to hear. But I tell you what, we're going to stay with the format, and let's say good morning to our just some of the best in the business. Uh, let me say good morning to my big sis, retiree, just living the life, rubbing it in everybody's face. There she is. What's going on, Vanessa? Good morning. How are you? Just rubbing it in everybody's face. <laughs> God is good. That's all I can say. Pastor, yeah, I know he is. God is so good. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Mr. Haynes is and making sure. Can... We live our best life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning from where, Vanessa. Why don't you just go ahead and throw that in there? Why don't you? Good morning from where? We're on our way to Co- Co- Limon, Costa Rica. Uh, okay. Yeah, on a cruise ship. Oh, look at her. Costa Rica, you had to roll that R. Danka, look at you. Get out of here. Stop it. Let's say good morning to the educated brother, the brother who is actually looking at typing his retirement papers. He wants to join Vanessa on her whirlwind tour. My main man, Mr. Johnny D, my little brother. What's going on, man? Good morning. You know what? Everything is well, and I won't be outdone this morning, so I'm coming to you from the southeastern part of the continental United States on a bright, sunny, cold day in the city. So, Miss Vanessa, compete with that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, is in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing, brother? Yes, sir. Good morning. I'm good, man. How are you? Another day of paradise, living in your world, and the man who gets the first and last word. Hey, stop! <laughs> you know, we need to ignore her while she's abroad. Okay, get out of here with your little stuff around your neck, and you know you're drinking cocktails while we're sitting there struggling. Whatever, Vanessa. Whatever. The man who really runs everything around here, Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, Charlie. You doing? Good morning, good morning, everyone, and. uh Marianne Music, that was Tom Brown Funkin' for Jamaica is the name of that song. Now, she better know that one. Come on now. I know she may be a little young, but hey. you got to know that. That's a classic. Hey. That's a classic. Come on. Stop. Hey. You yeah, never know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mr. Ellis, can we say hello to some folks, man? Yeah, we got, uh, you know, the two clowns that are in there, Easy and Vobo, right? Yeah, all right. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Corvina man just joined us. He said he couldn't get in last week. You know, but yeah, oh, man. Clowns on, right now. No, oh, man. Oh, man. One good question from the clown that you call him. I would call him a clown. But pick one good question, and that's aggressive. I think you should want uh, that way they can stay in now and let them keep our ratings up. Let's, but let's pacify them. Pick one question <laughs> from the other side, and let's see what, what the deal is. Go ahead. Uh, I cannot do any ignorance, Vanessa. I can't do nothing ignorant. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. But one, of them, one of them clowns talking about he pray every morning, thank God for Trump. Yeah, that 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 there he is, Vanessa. He said, I wake up every morning and say, thank you, Lord, for Donald Trump. There it is, done over with. Now that's the kind of stuff that's in there. 
Well, okay. Well, it is. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. All right. Come here, man. What's going on? Let me All right, let me say what's up to some folks. All right. The pastor's in the house. What's going on, pastor? Pastor? Somebody told me you should say pastor when it's affectionate. What's going on, pastor? Stephen Jones, checking in from Huntsville, Texas. Also, Patricia's in the house. Mary Mary. Did you write your name twice, or is that what they call you? All right, Mary Mary, good morning to you. Uh, also, Devon, good morning to you. Uh, I can't pronounce that name. Kamalisa? saying that correctly? Kamalisa, good morning to you. Constance, good morning. A lot of people checking in. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Once again, the number is 347 All right, last segment. The Dems are burned. They are bracing for a possible Sanders or Warren nominee. And some prominent Democrats are concerned. Now, I mentioned the most popular Democrat on the face of this planet, according to reports, to get into this thing and it's almost to the point where this person is going to come out and try to preempt this thing and stop it because this individual the most popular democrat on the face of this planet is saying look we can't afford to lose this election and if we get someone on here talking about medicare for all and talking about all these socialist programs we are going to hand the election over to mr trump now this prominent democrat the most popular Democrat on the face of this planet and in the party, obviously, has concerns. And uh, I'll give a gold star to anyone who can say this popular Democrat's name. Mr. Elias. That would probably be Barack Obama. There you go. President Barack Obama is concerned, according to people that are close to him, that, hey, there's a possibility that Warren and Sanders may win this nominee nomination. And, and you look at some of the latest polling, Sanders is for the first time has jumped out in front in Iowa and he has some commanding leads in New Hampshire. So let me start the conversation off with you this time, uh Jerome. Um should Democrats be concerned about this? Should they be concerned uh, yeah. that if you don't think so? No, you're taking two of the whitest states in this piece talking about uh, they're going to dictate what everybody else in this country is going to do. This always happens in the primary. I'm not I mean, talking just, about the polling. <laughs> I'm not talking about the polling, Jerome. I'm talking about if, if, should they be concerned about this, these guys winning? So I guess, uh, yeah, I no, guess I'm you're right. No, I'm talking about the same thing. Should yeah. we be concerned about yeah. their winning? Okay. About them winning? Yeah. The, the, the philosophy or the theory that, that most people are talking about is that if they win this, the momentum going into South Carolina is going to favor one of them. Both of those candidates mm-hmm. cannot relate to black people. They can't. Right. Their polling still is horrible every place else. So Even Warren's? I thought she was making some headway. Headway from zero is headway, I guess, but <laughs> the problem is, is that he, he's going to make as much headway as Buddha Judge. So, <sighs> so I, I think that People, you know, again, this is hype, and I know I do this that stuff for a living, but that is hype, yeah. you know. So you can get a couple of black people on campaign. It's like, yep, yeah, she's relating, and black women were nodding and stuff. Black people are nice. <laughs> it's what it is. We are compassionate. Yeah. We will listen to anybody if you if you come to us and with a smile on your face, whether somebody's gonna vote for you or not, is 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 a whole nother story, right? So they're they're coming out to separate her between. Um, Sanders with Warren, and they're now starting to release stories like, well, you know, she was a Republican and she's a capitalist, so she's not a socialist. So, in separating herself from from um, Sanders, 
she's going to find her support leaking if she even has black support, which I doubt, but if she has it, it's going to leak. Because if you tell a black person, I'm a capitalist, and pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you can kick rocks. Because we hear hmm. that nonsense all the time. So you may have young black folks kind of, you know, so when they do polls, they'll say the younger folks are supporting Warren or, or hmm. Sanders. But that doesn't, right. that's not how younger people vote. So by the time they actually find out, they're going to ask somebody older, and they're going to be like, okay, here's how this goes. So I, this, that's not impressive to me. And just because they're leading in those two states, um, the Democratic Party, they're going to probably have to do something to change their primary schedule because because yeah. it looks like if you cannot pass by the two whitest states or two of the two of some of the whitest states, then now you got to drop yeah. out of a race. I mean, there is a story coming out that Kamala may endorse Biden. Why are they leaking stories like that? Because Kamala knows where this is going, and they know they got to go to California. So <laughs> it's interesting to watch, but I, I can tell you that I don't, I don't believe hype in that kind of stuff. Wow, that's interesting. Now let me go to you, Vanessa. So now, but you know, and I hear what Jerome's saying. But apparently, I mean, if President Obama is concerned and the reports, the report I read said that he is even thinking about breaking protocol and starting to speak out against this before it gets to the point where it really becomes a snowball, you know, and it rolls into an avalanche, that the fact that these people are picking up momentum, and I'm pretty sure he has access to information as if he were still out there in the fight. So if President Obama's concerned about this, uh, you know, being too far left, that it may cost, you know, the Democrats the election. I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you think that if, uh, you know, Sanders – and by the way, in in head-to-head polling, both of these people beat Donald Trump. Now, out of all the Democrats, Joe Biden has the biggest wide – the biggest margin, uh, you know, the widest uh, margin of victory. But at the end of the day, you know, those are polls. You know, we all know how you know we all know how Jerome feels about polls, but at the end of the day, that's what they are. So, Vanessa, what are you thinking? What do you think about this whole situation? Should the deals be concerned about you know, the possibility of Sanders or Warren, you know, becoming the Democratic nominee for president of the United States? Well, you know, I, I get polls, and I get polls because I still have a landline. I get polls yeah. a lot because I donate. And so I got a poll right before I left, and I thought the poll was just funny because they wanted to know if about the March election. I don't even know who's running in the March election. I'm just going to go in and do Democrat and come on out the door because we need to take over the other side. But I, I really believe that they're going to put Sanders and Warren up against each other and then put one of them up against Biden. I don't think that either one of them are going to win the Democratic uh, vote. I don't, I, I don't believe it because you have too many baby boomers that are my age, my segment, the 60s babies, that are not going to allow somebody to say, free, 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 free. And the young ones who are saying, yeah, free, 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 those are the ones who are not really working. They're not really getting out there voting. They're just discussing this on Facebook. And I'm not worried about the poll that's just in two states. I'm just not. Because look at all the other states you got. Look at California, who doesn't even want Donald Trump to run unless he pulls his tax record. So 
I'm not even concerned with what the polls are saying because sometimes I do what Jerome tells me to do and I just answer the poll, the poll in a stupid way and give them a stupid answer that's not true and keep on moving because I get polled so much. So, Jerome, I do kind of listen to you where I don't well, even tell them what I really am going to do. I started doing what Jerome told me to do because I get told so much. So yeah. I don't even always tell them who I'm going to vote for, Democrat, Republican, or what, if I think Trump's doing a good job or not. I don't even answer the question sometimes. I evade that. And I said, you know what? I haven't made a decision. So I don't think that Warren or um, Sanders is going to win. I just think they're going to put them two against each other. And then I think one of them is going to run against Biden, and I think Biden is going to do it. But let me tell you what I do want. I don't necessarily want Obama to step in and say anything, even though my friends do. My friends think that Obama should step in and say something. Let me tell you what I would like to see. I would like to see Biden pick a running mate of a female minority, preferably, because then he can just tie on in all the women who want a woman in the White House, and it could tie. Well, he already got the black vote. Biden does. So I, I want to see Biden pick a running mate and put it out there. And that's what I would like to see to help push him on over the edge. That's just me, though. And I don't care who it is. Okay. It could be whoever Jerome be talking about. Or Keisha, whoever, but I just want him to go ahead and pick a running mate woman. Stop saying Keisha. Keisha Bottoms. But yeah, that's what I, I want. But so. I did hear it, Bingo. The, uh, I, I did hear that people want, um, they said the intellectual young lady from uh, the South. They're talking about uh, the lady who spoke at the Democratic Party. Keisha so, Bottoms. Anyway, and, and, you know, and, and, and uh, her, her, her profile is, is really starting to get bigger, too. Uh, her profile is really starting to get bigger as well because uh, uh, the bottom line is is that uh, I'm starting to see her more and more on television. What about you, Ms. Delius? Give me your thoughts on this. Well, Ms. Delius. Uh, oh, there he is. Yeah, I'm, I'm here, Jay. Uh, come back to me on this one, Jay. I, I'm dealing with something right now. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, let me. Uh, well, I tell you what. Let me do this. Um, <clears throat> my major concern about all of this, to be perfectly honest with you, is the fact that you know Bernie Sanders. You know this guy. He's an independent. You know he's an independent. He. Uh, you know he has bumped heads with President Obama. He's criticized President Obama, and for that fact, so has Elizabeth Warren. So, you know, I'm just an Obama guy. And at the end of the day, if, you know, if you're going to fight against President Obama, then you can't get my vote. I don't give a damn what you say. That's just me. I'm shallow like that. But, you know, listen, I mean, I'm, I'm look, I'm, I'm in. I'm all in when it comes to this guy. What about you, Johnny? Man, give me your thoughts on, or, you know, should, should Democrats be concerned about uh, either Warren or uh, Sanders becoming a nominee? And facing Donald Trump in the general election. Well, we we know how unpredictable the electoral process is, uh, as well as the, the the general population vote. Personally, I don't think so. You know, if you go back to 2016, Sanders, that's when he I think he really started to to give uh, Hillary Clinton some. Some concerns because he did so well. Uh, you know, I, I agree with with Jerome. You know, you're talking about two states that lead off. That's not as diverse with him being a, a northerner. And I think, you know, if you think about last year, Maine and Massachusetts is where he really took a stronghold and, and started to in 2016 to start to be a, a, a 
thorn within the Democratic Party. And I think he was single-handedly the person who broke up the vote and started the dissension and, and also led to Donald Trump um, uh, being being uh, elected. So do I think that he or uh, Elizabeth Warren has an opportunity? Not really. I, I really and truly don't. But I will say this right here. At some point, someone is going to have to get on message. And that's the thing that has concerned me the most is the lack of is the lack of messaging. Yeah. You know, everybody yep. knows that 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 Donald Trump. You know, the you know the, the Bible re- refers to a, a person as being a reprobate, a reprobate mind, and and that's Donald Trump in a nutshell. Uh, he is a person who is just simply morally corrupt. I think that he is truly rejected by a higher being. Um, So when you look at at this guy, okay, um, his fate will be be sealed in in the 2020 election. I'm just a believer in that. But whomever the candidate is for the Democratic Party, and I think that it will ultimately be Joe Biden, has to get on the message, has to get to the point where you start talking to the American people. You know, people want to know about health care. People want to know about their retirement. People want to know about affordable housing. You know, people want to yeah. to, to start looking at, you know, how to be safe within the community. And and they also want to, to, to focus back on a terroristic act because Donald Trump has made America unsafe and to re-ally with our partners and foster those relationships you know those are the things that I think matter to the American people um, this despot uh, demagogue you know again this criminal will will, will meet his fate at, at the at, in, the two, in, in the 2020 election but as far as you know Bernie Sanders and, and Elizabeth Warren as I said last week when you, when, you know or the week before when we talked about who's most unlikely. I think Elizabeth Warren is, is again, most unlikely now. Is, is, she, is she the least of the candidates? Certainly not. Um, but the reality is at this point, all they can do is damage to the vote. That's all they can do. Split the vote, be divisive, and then ultimately mm-hmm. give this guy that glimmer of hope, that criminal, that glimmer of hope that, you know, he can be elected. And and that's the that's the downside to it. But you know, somebody needs to get on message and and and, and start showing some type of of, of yeah. pulse in regards to um, not just focusing on Donald Trump, but focusing on on their constituents, uh, which is the American people, and what it is that you're gonna do in 2020 and beyond to make our quality of lives better, to make us safer, you know, to make us healthier, you know, to make sure that those individuals who are now putting monies in, in, in retirement, you know, people can't retire anymore. So the polls, mm. I think, are, are somewhat deceptive uh, in, in in regards to the the, the final uh, tally. I think the Iowa, Iowa has, you know, Bernie Sanders and then Buttigieg. Uh, when it's all said and done, those two individuals will not be one and two on the Democratic ticket, at least in my opinion. All right, wow, that's good stuff. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You know, for me, if if President Obama uh, is 
concerned. Let me ask. Let me ask you guys this last, this final question before we get out of here and get the chatterbox. Do you guys think? And I think Vanessa, you've already answered the question, but I'm going to ask the other guys because I thought it was interesting when you answered the question. Do you think President Obama should be quiet? Do you think President Obama, if he's this concerned based on the reports, do you think President Obama, Ms. Elias, should come out and say, "Look, this is an important election. Do you think he should start trying to lay the case for more moderate?" Uh, Democrats, or should you, or should he continue to follow this playbook that I'm just going to be quiet until there's a nominee? But once again, according to multiple reports, he's itching because he can kind of see this happening, and he's concerned that if it does happen, that you know this may cost the Democrats the election. So should President Obama, you know, step out early, or should he just continue to you know status quo? Well, you know, Jay, I'm, I'm wondering if he still feels remorse for not speaking out against. Uh, the hack, the Russian hack, and he didn't say anything. So that that that's that. I'm wondering if he's feeling remorse about whoa, whoa, that. Whoa, wait a minute, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now hold on now. Before we put that out there, President Obama was going to go out and say anything, but he was talking right. to Mitch McConnell and those guys, and they were like, "Okay, mm-hmm. if you come out and say that, then guess what? You're going to put your thing on the thumb." And he didn't want to be accused of that. A lot of people don't understand. Even when that red line situation happened, President Obama went to Congress. See, that stuff don't come out in the news. Mm-hmm. But they, they say, oh, President Obama. I get it. So, you, come on. I, I get it. I definitely get it. But still, it was an attack against America. It was an attack against America. Do you think he's not should have said anything? Because cause Mitch McConnell threatened him? Really? He didn't threaten him. Yeah, well, I, well, I guess. I guess. I guess. Okay. Finish your point. I won't interrupt anymore. But, you know, I'm wondering if that's the case, you know. I, I, to me, I think he should, and when, he, when asked, give his opinion. But just to come out, I think he should wait till the nominee is there, whoever the nominee is. I think he should fully back the nominee, whoever it is. What about you, Jerome? Think President Obama well, should be proud, well, or should he come out and say something? No, 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 no. Yeah. You know, you're talking about um, um, President oh, President Obama, from what he said. Yeah. From what him. do you think? You think he yeah. should? You think he should stay status quo, or do you think he, if he's disconcerned based on reports, should he come out and say something now? Okay. Well, okay. Here's one thing I'll give my opinion on. See, like I like okay. to say, what's my opinion? He need to sit down someplace. And the reason this is is because he always is status quo. Obama's good people, right? But that does not mean candidates very rarely, in, in my experience of dealing in 25-plus of this, that candidates are not um, good at giving advice to how to run campaigns. So just because he won, he was, he's a perfect candidate, right? So he's a person that, you know, can, you know, kiss babies and shake hands, give a great speech. He can articulate not even articulate his point, but he makes points that make you feel some kind of way. That is a special person that does that anyway. And it's how he puts his words together, not the words that he's using. There are people who come before Obama who've said some of the same things and did not get the reception that Obama did because he has a preacher's tone, right? Now, the thing about being in that position where people are looking at you, most people are saying, Tell me what you think. And he has to be smart enough because he's done this for everything else. 
I'm going to stay in the background and let the process play out. He has to do that. Now, I don't know what his problem is with Joe Biden in particular, right? Because that whole thing about, you know, his some staff is going someplace else and he's not saying anything and blah, blah. Maybe they don't like each other. Like maybe, I, don't, I wouldn't say that. I should take that back. But maybe there is something of why he's not doing that up front just to appear to be neutral. But coming out now will put people on the other side of, of of Obama if somebody else wins. So let's just say he says, you know what, I am looking really hard at, I don't know, um, what's the guy, Steyer. If he says that, then everybody say, hey, you know what, I need to take a look at Steyer. <laughs> right? But then then with, if somebody else wins, then they'll say, well, Obama was wrong, and but it'll be it'll be a story about him. So he's smart yeah, enough. Yeah, they to said know that about the whole Hillary thing. Remember, oh, Obama came out and really did this, and Obama's forces didn't help. Yeah, right. Stop it. It was electoral college. I'm sorry. Go right. ahead. Right. Well, well, no, no. It was Hillary from not wanting Obama. Obama said, "I can come out and endorse," and he wanted to come out with her, and they were like, "No, we got this," because they thought they owned black people. They, they when people make the Hillary comparison, they don't realize. The Clintons have a stigma, and I don't know why they lump all black people together, but they're like, all black people like Hillary. That's what they think inside of their campaign. So if you don't have black people working in your campaign, um, and I'm not saying just any black person, somebody who actually has a diverse uh, network of black friends, you are are, um, doing yourself some damage. Because you, you, you can't measure climate that way just because... That person's black, and they said that this person's okay. It, it doesn't really work that way. So anyway, I think Obama should probably stay out of it because he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, like I said, he he's never been forceful in endorsing anything. He wasn't forceful in endorsing his own agendas. He he pretty much said, if the Congress gives me something, I'll sign it. So you guys do the work. He didn't go. Here's what I'm going to accomplish. We're going to fly somebody to the moon. Obama would not do that. It's just not in his personality. So I think starting now doesn't seem I we don't know what kind of reaction people will get if he started doing that now. You know, the biggest part of Obama's problem was the fact that when he made proclamations or claims to do something, white folks on the right, specifically Fox folks, fell out. So he stopped doing it. He realized that that was a detriment. That was just he was just feeding the narrative against him. So he wouldn't make proclamations like that. Interesting. All right, Hawkman. Uh, last word on this, man. Give me your thoughts, man. You think uh, Obama should uh, come out and say something, or should he just, you know, remain quiet, even though reports you know, are saying and, that he's itching? And, and you know, I'm gonna be real, real brief, uh, but poignant. Uh, the electorate process. Has has changed So uh, criminal Trump has changed The way politics is done As well as the protocol So from from the The courtesies that That, that you know Previous presidents have, have had In regards to waiting to the latter Part of the electoral process To come out and endorse a candidate Or show support for a candidate You know I, I, I think that the lines Have been just totally wiped out so I don't think that you can do politics the way that you've done it in the past. But now let's go back, you know, uh, let, let, let's go back to 2016 and let's go back to 
um, more importantly, you know, 2012, where the Democratic Party was all but running from Barack Obama and his candidacy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think he owes the, the, the American public anything in regards to he's already served and he served with dignity. So, therefore, to come out and, and be this spokesperson for the Democratic Party, I don't think that he owes America anything because of the, the hypocrisy and the betrayal that has been bestowed upon him. Now, as far as, you know, coming out and, and standing by a candidate, it's, it's, almost, it's almost like this right here. If, if, if Jay, when, 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 when we was coming up through the military, I considered you a, a, a mentor. So if I'm your protege and, and I worked alongside of you, you would think that there would be a degree of, of, of loyalty that you would extend to me. Why? Because I should be a byproduct of you. Now, I'm a firm yep. believer in developing people, okay? I'm a firm believer in support. Now, throughout uh, President Obama's um, stint as president, there were a couple of gaffles that Joe Biden said, but for the most part, you didn't see any overt betrayal of him. So I think that he he did not support him in 2016. So if he come if he does decide to come out, then so be it. You know, because the reality of it is is that the American public is looking to blame somebody. So if Joe Biden doesn't win, they're gonna blame Barack Obama. If if he does win, then they're not gonna give him the credit just due. So. The truth of the matter is, is that the hypocrisy that's part of the electoral process, you know, uh, I, I think he may he needs to make that decision. I don't think he needs to be forced into it. But I will say this on the other hand, if a person served with me for eight years, I wouldn't have no problem coming out and saying, you know, what, this is my guy. What, 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 yeah. what this is my 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 my, my, my candidate. I, I really and truly would yeah. because to me, that's about that development. That's about that lineage. That's about your legacy. Yeah. So if it was me, okay, if it was me, I would jump out there and would have jumped out there and say, you know what, that's my guy right there. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, I agree with you on that, man. I, I still haven't figured that out, and, and you're right. I mean, that's the way I look. I look at it through the same lens. Hey, you know, this is my dude, and, you know, all of a sudden you're not going to come out and, and support him. Uh, that's, that's, that's interesting. Uh, you know, but, hey, listen, I understand he's a politician. And so maybe from a political standpoint, he doesn't want to put his thumb on the on, on the on the uh, scale. But like Mr. Elias said earlier, you know, the bottom line is maybe he should have spoke out against that whole thing with the FBI. But I think they were so they they were so confident that Hillary was going to win, they felt that why even you know why even open up that can of worms? And you know, obviously that didn't turn out the way it needed to turn out. All right, Vanessa, I know you did make a comment on this, but let me go ahead and, in fairness and go ahead and let you just in case people didn't hear what you had to say. Think President Obama should stay no, quiet, no, or no, what do you no, what do you think? No, no. no what you think he, he should stay quiet? He should not. What do what do you think? Huh? He should just stay quiet. Let him stay quiet for a few minutes, or just a little bit longer. Stay quiet. But John D. brings up a good point, Vanessa. If you and I have been together all this time, we did all this thing together, and all of a sudden you're looking for this position that I was I held. Okay. How would you feel? How would you feel if I'm saying that, hey, you my sister, I love you to death. You know, look, I'm willing to give you money to help save your family property when your son was uh, going through cancer. I did all this thing. Our kids are best friends. No. All of a sudden, I'm running to take the kids to carry on a legacy Yay. that you and I created, and I won't come out and say nothing. I'm like, oh, okay, well, 
You know, hey, I, hey, all I can say about Vanessa is I like Vanessa a lot. It's the best decision I made. But I won't come out and say, hey, she's my girl. She's my person. I mean, you don't think that's odd? Because I do, but just let me tell you why. If he says something okay. now, it's still a lot of candidates out there. That is so crazy. Well, yeah, it's too late now. I, okay. Yeah, so I think right. he needs to wait till it gets down to two people. Say it's Biden and Warren or Biden and Sanders. But right now, let Sanders and, and Warren fight <laughs> it out. Let's that's, them that's two crazy, free, free, free people fight it out. <laughs> and then when it free, gets free, down free when it when it gets down to one of them two people, because Buttigieg ain't gonna mm. get it, then no. I, I I just don't think he's I don't think America's ready yet. So anyway, no, um, I don't, I don't think, I think he's gonna that, get it. Uh, when it gets down no, to out of Biden mm. and one other person, then Obama needs to step up and put his hand on the plate. But right now, there's too many folk out there fighting. Let them two people kill each other off, and then he can say something. All right, well said, I guess. And on that note, it's time for Chatterbox. Thoughts <laughs> from the world famous chat room and social media. Mr. Elias, man, what do you have, brother? He's here, I promise you, Mr. Elias is in the house. But I wish he would meet his mic. Let me know what he's talking about. All right, okay. let me read what I have. Okay, oh, there okay, he is. okay, okay, okay. He said, Corvina Man says, I think Bloomberg is issues Bernie Sanders. Bloomberg is doing more harm than good. He's undercutting Biden, who could be both Trump mm. and Bernie. Wow. Yeah. That's mm. interesting. Never heard that take on it. I know that he's he's jumped up to fourth place in some polls. And his strategy is like, look, let him fight that other stuff out. I'm, you know, I'll see you on Super Tuesday. A lot of people are questioning that, but it looks like it may be working out for him. Who knows? I know some of his then, ads are effective. Well, being a man also says there are so many, so many moderate white Dems to go around. If you split uh, between Biden, Buttigieg, Bloomberg, they can only they can only help Bernie. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, at some point in time, somebody got to, you know. Somebody has to make a decision, but, um, you know, and that's that's the process in which we live. I got it. All right, so Stephen F., the pastor says, blessings, my people. I know Jerome doesn't need anyone endorsing him, but I have been listening to this show for almost three years. During the on-the-need-to-know-basis no portion of the show, he has always quoted his source. My money is going to always be on the young, distinctive brother from New York, but as a man of the clergy, I don't bet, LOL. Well, Pastor, he's not young, but I, I can agree with the rest of that stuff. All right, uh, Francis. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow. I know. That hate is real on that side. It is. It's real. <laughs> no radio. Wow. Hey, I agree with the other part. Pastor, he's wrong. He's a young. He's, okay, Pastor, what's your definition of young? Wow. Uh, just clarify yeah, for us. All right, Francis. L.E.S. What's up? It's <laughs> the Wednesday show. I have not seen that kind of hate out of Jay. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Hey, look, man. I, I'll follow my sword. <laughs> that was the last about I'll, I'll, I'll do my push up doing your segment. I promise. I'll do my push up doing your segment. I promise. All right, Francis from Cleveland. Uh, Jay, thanks for reading my concerns. But the ML. Oh, thanks for reading my concerns about the MLK story. And thank you, Mr. Jerome, for the clarity. All right, Tootie. From where is this? I can't even pronounce that, Tootie. All right, listen, Miss Vanessa, three months and counting, me and my old boo, she put old in parentheses, will be hanging with you 
And please, Jay, put your twist on the pronunciation of Bobby Jones. Okay. She said she'll be hanging with you and Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, real soon. LOL. All right. Uh, Brian from Lansing says, I love this show. I love y'all's banter. Well, whatever. All right. Uh, I love y'all's banter. I've, I always tell people about this show, keep doing what y'all do. And he's actually spelling this out, what you W-H-A-T-C-H-A, you know, he's really into it. Thanks, Brian. And Rosler from Houston, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I finally found a radio show that I can listen and relate to. I am all in. Rosalyn, we are all in with you. And on that note, Rosalyn, you think you really like that. Get, wait, till, wait till you get a load of this next section of the, of the show. You know what time it is, folks, if you listen to this show. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? It's time for On the Need to Know Basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit. Jerome, man, what's on the agenda this morning, sir? I would like you to address me as the young Mr. Jerome Esprit from now on. I just want to put that out. Okay, Mr. Young and Snotty Nose, Mr. Jerome Esprit. Yes, Mr. Jerome. With milk on your breath. Yeah, this segment is sponsored by Simulac. <laughs> but I just wanted to put that out there. All right, fine. I feel better. All right. So, um, you know, okay. I, I'll just go into the news. Never mind. Now, Seattle residents um, are, are voting um, in their county elections for the first time. We be, will be able to cast their um, ballots on smartphones. And, you know, as I read that story earlier in the week, I kept thinking, man, there's no. Oh, my God. Here. There's no hacking Ooh. in here. <laughs> really? And really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's that's dangerous. Yeah, King. Mm. And and isn't um Washington? Isn't that like more? That's more of a Democratic state, isn't it? Like the yeah. Democrats anymore? Am I? Is that right? Do you remember? I think it is. Yep. Yes, it okay, is. Okay. Well, um, King's um, um, conservation. Um, conservation district officials announced um, that some 1.2 million residents in the Seattle area will be able to use their smartphones to vote in upcoming in this in upcoming elections. It's the first in American history, or the first in the country, I guess, is how they need to put that. Now, um, Brickstone Tires uh, unveils an airless tire that can hold up to 5,000 pounds and never lose pressure. Now, here's my cynical side. We know where this is going. In the wastebasket. <laughs> now, but it, they said it'll only be used on commercial vehicles, commercial trucks, mm-hmm. bicycles. They won't put it on cars. So, Bridgestone is set to roll out their airless tire in a bid to um, combat the air-related issues that commercial trucks face. And the new design replaces the pressurized air with um, recycled thermoplastic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, nothing can go wrong there. But no, you're right. It won't be for regular consumers. All right, now Tesla passes um, Volkswagen to begin become the world's second most valuable car manufacturer, even as the sales are close to one-tenth of what Volkswagen's is. Tesla has overtaken them as the 
world's second most valuable car maker behind Toyota. Wow. Yep, so hmm. it's it reshuffling the global automobile market is what they're saying in that. All right, now, I don't know if you guys, you know, heard of this, this happened that with all the impeachment stuff. Um, this story happened in um, Davos, Switzerland. So, you know, the climate, the teenage climate activist, what is her, Greta Thunberg? Remember she, I think she's yeah. on Time magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so, so she, they took pictures at this climate, um, they were at the World Economic Forum in um, Davos, Switzerland. And they took pictures with all of these young girls who were, like, climate activists. 23-year-old Ugandan climate activist, um, Vanessa Nate, um, she was cropped out of the pictures. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so so they said that, you know, it goes that she was initially cropped out of the photos that, um, showing her in attendance, but a writer in Uganda pointed out that immediately the media deliberately oversight of many activists in co- of color who are active in their cause and um, the white and just for the white savior narrative. So she said this tendency of the media to present Thurnberg um, as the one who calls and others exist only to heed her call is problematic, especially for, for those black and brown activists who media Invisibility leads to invisibility to organizations mm-hmm. who can help, um, who can greatly benefit from help. So she said, mm. and I quote, this is the, the writer who wrote um, the article. She said, I cried. It was, it was so sad, not just that it was racist, but I was sad because, the people of, because of the people of Africa. Right, we we know this in America that we get cropped out of everything, right? And we yeah. know the woman who started the Me Too movement. That black woman gets no love. You no, know, anybody, you don't see that woman, right? And mm-hmm. um, so, so Vanessa, um, uh, I guess is Nakati, she said, and, and a quote from her showed. She said it showed how va- how we are valued. It hurt me a lot. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, there is, um, and and then AP responded by saying that there was no ill intent. The the routinely published photos as they come in and are received um, as we receive additional images for the field, we update our stories. But it was AP that cut her out. So they they kind of apologized. But they didn't. They just said, hey, that's how we received, received it. So they're all yeah, – I can see if you crop somebody out if if um, they're just standing around and you crop a picture. They were intentionally taking a picture together, and the only right. person that got cropped out was the black girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now the, the good thing about that – well, I shouldn't say the good thing because, again, it adds into the white savior narrative. But, you know – the um, the other activists started to speak out about it. The other girls in the picture. So there was four. There was um, oh gosh, I can't even remember the other girls' names. But there was four girls in the picture. And um, uh, let's see. I can't. Oh, 
one was that the girl Thurnberg, it was Louisa um, um, Newberg, Isabel Axel's son, and this Lukanda Tild or something, right? So those guys started responding on Twitter, and they were essentially saying that, you know, um, like Isabel Ackleson said, we did the press conference that wrapped today, and it comes, it's come to my attention that more than one article has cut Vanessa out of photos. This is unacceptable. Her voice is um, just as, if not more valuable than ours in a place like this, on climate change. And the wow. other person, Greta um, Thunberg, said, I'm so sorry they did this. You were the last one who would deserve that. We are so grateful for what you are doing, and we send love and support. Hope to see you soon again. It is sad that these little girls are a little bit more, not only are they aware climate-wise, but they are aware of now how racism plays into everything. So I wanted to spend time on this story to tell you that it is important that we don't overlook this because I don't think anybody else has picked up that story. And those are coming out over really? the news and for those who know when I do the segment, I probably read about um, around about 14 publications a day of news. And what happens is that we see everything that comes on the feed, whether it's AP, UPI, um, Reuters, BBC, all of those guys. And sometimes people edit stories out that has to do with black people and don't. I wanted to put that out there. Now, Delta Airlines discriminated against um, some Muslim, which is, Vanessa, did you want to say something? <laughs> no, when you said Delta, stop in my track. Go ahead, I got something to ask. Oh, I know, my Go bad. Ahead. <laughs> All right. Delta <laughs> Airlines was given a slap on the wrist by the U.S. Transportation uh, Department for kicking three Muslim passengers off a plane in separate incidences because um, they said some people felt uncomfortable. Now, according to the Daily Mail, <laughs> Delta refute claims of discrimination against Muslim passengers, but the DOT found anti-bias laws were violated, and the company was ordered to pay 50 grand and enroll pilots, flight attendants, and customer service agents involved into cultural sensitivity training. Here we go. Why do you need training to not be racist, like or? I, I don't get it. Anyway, Dude, that, that's what they do. They, they, they go to sensitivity training, and they that's that's how they that's how they rectify it. And we said we gave them sensitivity training, and that's that's the way we do it. Yeah. What did you say, Vanessa? But they wrote them up, and they got tagged. Their files got dinged. Believe me. Yeah. You know, there was a uh, this uh, website, and I'm going to quote the source, since I'm quoting sources today. There's a gossip website called boss up and media takeout and all this but they are actually funny when they comment on stuff like this so the media the black gossip website boss up uh, wrote about this as well and they said that whoever the writer was that delta reportedly earned 4.8 billion dollars with a b last year and they said what in the homophobic f is fifty thousand dollars right he said the, the Department of Transportation would have been better off forcing Delta employees to attend a Taylor Swift concert if they really wanted to punish them. <laughs> Wasn't me. Oh Quote my source. Go to Boston. All right. Mm -hmm. See? Mm -hmm. I could do this all day. Can I, can 
yes, ma'am. Can I add one thing? Okay. Yes. My source is the stock market. So one of my friends told me that J.C. Penney's stock was a dollar. So I said, let me go in J.C. Penney and see what they got so that I can wear on my trip. So I told the little girls at the cash register, I said, did y'all know J.C. Penney's stock was a dollar? I said, y'all better be trying to look for another job because they're going to start closing stores or they're going to file bankruptcy or something. She said, J.C. Penney's stock hitting a dollar. I said, little girl, Google J.C. Penney's stock. <laughs> you call a little girl? If... She is a little girl to me. She's about 16, 17. I know, I know. Go ahead. So I said, look, girl, you better try to Google that stock. So look, the stock was 79 cents. She started crying. <laughs> she said, I'm you not going to have a hey, That is the meanest thing you I ever said, said on this show. I, Jay, I want you to mute her. No, no. <laughs> My cat is wrong. I'm just joking. Ellie has. Don't be mean, Vanessa. I say all of this. No, I mean, she started crying in a fake way because they didn't know. 17-year-olds and 18-year-olds don't look up the stock market. And if their parents don't have it, they don't know. So, you know, the little girl said, we're going to come look for a job on the side or have somewhere we're going to be able to go. Because you know what? That's why mm. almost everything you get see pennies is buy one, get one, 6% off. Is that not an indication? Look, so if you yeah, have a basic I'm going to look at the buy some JCPenney's penny stock, Vanessa approaches is wrong. I'm with Elias. You can't buy it when it's less than three dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you can buy it when it's less than three dollars or five dollars. You can't buy it. So oh anyway, no, that's not true. We they have penny stock. No, no. You can, no, yeah, you we got penny stock. Yeah. Yeah. You can buy you can buy penny stock. Go, go, go take go take fifty dollars <laughs> and go get you fifty shares so that when yeah. JCPenney really? gets bought up in Nordstrom, right. and their stock go yeah. back up. You're going to have some yeah. milk. I bought dogs. Thank I bought you. Thank you for that uh, stock, stock when it went down to $5. But listen, y'all, the purpose <laughs> of this is if anybody has a gift card for J.C. Kenny's, I suggest you go and use it. That was the purpose of this segment. If you got a gift card, go use it before they start closing stores in your area like they did Sears and all that stuff with a Sears gift card. So I'm just saying for I'm going to go buy stock. I'm just going to tell people to buy stock. Well, we thank you for mm-hmm. the stock version of the, the serious side. Thank you for the market watch. <laughs> like, well, we have time for one more story <laughs> now, <laughs> so we need one more story. Uh, uh, okay. Fine. So, I, no, I'm with the stock advice. We need our market watch. Thank you, Vanessa, for our market mm-hmm. watch. Uh, um, really? Yeah. Be prepared well, next week, Vanessa, for another one. How about that? <laughs> market watch. Tell us what's going on. Um, so, the comedian Monique will host her first stand-up special in 10 years, and she's put, put, um, presenting Monique and Friends live from Atlanta February 7th at 10 p.m. on Showtime. And, um, you know, everybody kept saying how, you know, Monique is out of it and she's been blackballed and blacklisted and whatever the black thing that you want to say about her not being in entertainment. But Monique is back. Bad Boy for Life, Bad Boys for Life was number one at the box office, and Sean Combs at the Grammys this uh, said that the Grammy Awards are dissing black folks, R&B, and rap folks, and everybody in the pre-Grammy party stood up with a standing ovation. So there you have it. I just wrapped three stories. Wow. Just one put it. All right. That's, that's, that's our Mike moment right there. <laughs> we combine all of it into one market <laughs> entertainment. Wow! Now we need to go. Which someone suggested a few months back. <laughs> oh man! All right, it is time for our final thoughts. Oh, and, uh, Vanessa, record. huh? 
<laughs> LeBron broke Kobe's record last night with um, oh, sure um, his third all, all time. Yeah. I just want to throw some sports in there. My yeah, bad. Yeah. Okay. You, you're you're hey, you're you're hey, a man of all different. Uh, t- <laughs> My final thought is personal. My final thought is sometimes you can do so so much to help your family, and it goes unappreciated until you finally get slapped in the face and your eyes open that you realize that you have to do the things that make you happy and do everything for you. And if they're not happy with their life, then that's their problem. And to go back to somebody saying a lot of people can't retire these days, a lot of people can't retire. If they have a union job, which Trump wants to get away yes. from, union job, if you have a union job, you can retire at a... Are y'all blocking me out? Nope, you're here. No, ma'am. Can y'all hear me? You're here. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. You said you have a union job and you got out. Y'all have a good week. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a union job. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. You know that. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much, Vanessa. All right, uh, Jerome, man, follow thoughts. Well, I just did sports, so that was my final thought. LeBron broke Kobe's record. So everybody have a good week, and I'll see you again next week. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the man against the last work here on the serious side, the one only Mr. L to the to the S final thoughts, sir. Look, folks, mental health is a real it, it, it's something that that is affecting a lot of people. Uh, Friday night, I got with one of my friends. We went out to a cigar bar. We were smoking cigars, and at the same time, one of my frat brothers was at a cigar bar up in Lyle, Illinois. This man served 25 years as a state trooper. And somebody walked in and shot him in the back of the head. And it was a woman that did this. She shot him, she shot him and two others. Uh, one was shot, another retired state trooper and another. So then she shot an active state trooper. Mental health is real, folks. Look, that's what I was dealing with this morning. So um, as I sit here and talk to you, if you know somebody that's mentally ill, get them help. Because this woman... She was an acquaintance of his. They, they, they weren't dating. They weren't anything. But she just walked up to him and shot him in the back of the head. So, Greg Reeves, man, frat, you've made it to the Omega chapter. I love you, brother. Go mom. I'm so sorry you, yeah. you lost a friend. Yeah, Michelle, yes. Well said. All right. My final thoughts are very quick. Uh, folks, what the Democrats did, they laid out a comprehensive plan and showed how this president has continued to break the law. For you people who are still drinking this Kool-Aid, all I can do is pray for you. Because if you don't see what's going on with all this, you don't want to see it. And it's like Hakeem Jeffries said, if you don't know, now you know. Let's see how it is. If I'm not know. If it's Sunday, yes. and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Growl show. Folks, it's been an honor to serve you as always. So for the next of time, Seth, Johnny D, (laughs) the young and distinguished, (laughs) Jerome is free. And this is I'm Jay Ross. Have a wonderful work week. We'll see you. Remember, if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. It is a serious side. See y'all. Have a great work week.
You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.